The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Brr. It's a little chilly here in South Florida. I'm not used to this kind of weather, but I am good. I am pushing through it because I have my dog Molly sleeping under my console right now here in the studio, and she is so diligently warming my feet. What a good dog. And <laughs> yeah, and, and that's important because it is it is cold right now. Miami is currently experiencing the one week per year meteorological phenomenon that we commonly refer to down here as winter. 55 degrees outside, 55 degrees. I had to wear a long sleeve shirt today. I had to wear a long sleeve shirt. I mean, I rolled up the sleeves to my elbows eventually after a couple hours because I was starting to get a little sweaty, but you get the idea. I mean, this is, this is Miami winter, man. We are in the thick of it. Brr. Anyway, Molly's here in the studio. She's going to make some noise during the show. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to hear her scratching. You're going to hear her going and making all those noises that dogs make. Just ignore her. She's going to make noises. They're going to pick up on the mic. Just ignore her because, look, we all want the dog to stay in the studio. We're all of the same mind here. Me talking, you listening, everybody listening right now, we all want the dog to chill here. So we're not going to kick her out just because she's making a little noise because Molly is awesome. Uh, I missed the show last week. There was no Break the Business podcast last week. I am so, so sorry. I was in New York for work and I thought I was going to be able to get back in time and do a show that Sunday, but I got back late and I was super sick. New York kicked my butt. Speaking of weather changes, it was much colder up there and I don't know what's happened to me ever since I hit 30 Stuff affects me more than it used to, even just like significant weather differences. If, if, if I'm here in Miami and I go somewhere that's colder, I'm going to get sick. It's just a, it's just a law of the universe and there's nothing I can do about it. And I spent a few days in New York and was just knocked on my butt, just, just sick as a dog. And I just, I couldn't do the show. I couldn't get it together. I couldn't research it. There's just too much going on. And I'm sorry, but we're back. We are back. We got a great, great, great episode this week. I can't wait to talk about all the stuff we're going to talk about this week. I'm excited for episode 110 of the Break the Business podcast. But I had some folks on Twitter emailing me, asking me what I was up to in New York. And I think they were interested. Their curiosity was piqued because they saw a photo of me that I posted on my Twitter that had me and Pitbull in it. And... I guess that motivated some of y'all to know that what was I doing hanging out in New York with Pitbull? Well, first of all, I can assure you I was not hanging out with Pitbull. Like, we weren't hitting the clubs or anything. I'm not nearly that cool. Um, but I did spend some time with Pitbull in uh, in the weekend. And the reason why we were together is actually really awesome. And I am willing to tell you guys about this because I am super proud of this project. I was up there with Pitbull in New York at the Sirius XM Studios in Manhattan promoting a project that I'm working on. <laughs> yes, you may be shocked to believe that podcasting is not my day job. It does not, in fact, pay the bills and 
provide the middle-class lifestyle to which I've become so accustomed. Uh, I have other things going on in my life other than being in front of this microphone. And one of those things is that I've been working on this pretty interesting project I'm uh, involving satellite radio. I've been working with Pitbull and some other really talented folks in the education and entertainment industry to help develop a radio station that's going to be called Slam Radio. And this is one of the coolest things that I get to be involved with. This is so awesome. Let me tell you what Slam Radio is all about, because it's going to be a game changer. Slam Radio is going to be the first satellite radio station, the first sports talk radio station on satellite radio that is run entirely by high school students. That's right. High school kids, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids are going to have their own 24-hour sports talk radio station on the Sirius XM dial right alongside ESPN and Fox and Barstool and all those other sports media empires. There's going to be Slam Radio right there on Sirius XM, a, a buy kids a national sports talk radio station. It's going to have some music on there and some entertainment on there and news and journalism and things like that. But yeah, it's a, and so I'm, I'm helping some of the folks put this station together. It's going to be entirely student run, kind of like a college radio station, except high school kids. And instead of it just being local, like a terrestrial radio station, it'll be national and international on SiriusXM.com as well as the SiriusXM uh, standard platform. And it's been so much fun. And probably the most exciting thing about this is that the initial studio, which we're already in the process of building, is going to be on the Slam Academy Charter School campus in the heart of Little Havana. If, you, if you're not familiar with Miami, Little Havana is a, uh, you know, a, a very high minority community, almost entirely Hispanic population, lower middle class, um, economically underserved community, especially the kids in that community. And the fact that we are going to build this station and allow the students who go to that public school to have access to this radio station and be the ones that are going to run a 24-hour sports talk radio station, I mean, what a cool opportunity for these kids. I am so insanely jealous of these kids. On one hand, yeah, I'm absolutely happy for them. They deserve this. This is so great for them, but I'm also insanely jealous. How much would you have killed to have an opportunity like this when you were in high school to host your own sports talk radio show on Sirius XM right on there with ESPN radio and everything else? Oh man, these, oh, these kids are so dang lucky, but they, I'm so thrilled for them. This is so, you know, this is a real feel good thing. Like this, you know, this isn't something that's, you know, there's not money in this for me or any of the grownups that are involved with this. This is just about giving back to a community that deserves it. And, you know, it's really going to help some kids out. And so this is a feel good thing for me. And so to be up there at Sirius XM, to hear Pitbull talk about slam radio as he did uh, at the Sirius XM studio and knowing what's going to be coming up down the road for these kids feels so good. I'm so excited to be involved with this particular uh, endeavor. Uh, the station will be launching in the fall of 2018. So keep an eye out for that. You're going to hear a lot more about this station going forward. So if you're listening now, you're getting in the ground floor of this because not a lot of people know about this station yet. You're going to hear a lot more about it over the next few months. And you can say, oh, wow, Ryan Carella told me about this first on the Break the Business podcast. It was so cool being at Sirius XM, by the way. As, as an aside, that place is magnificent. It is a radio palace. It is far more impressive than the humble surroundings 
<laughs> from which I do this particular podcast. But it's a great station. Um, I met Paul Shear. Paul Shear was walking around, the comedian. That was super cool. Um, and yeah, so anyway, that was that's where I was. That's what I was up to over the weekend. Um, that is the reason why I came back to New York sick as a dog, from New York sick as a dog and unable to do the podcast. So I hope you all forgive me, but I'm back now and uh, we're ready to do a podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the Business podcast on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Those are the platforms where you can find us. You can reach out to the Break the Business podcast at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. If you have any questions you want us to answer on the show, uh, we're actually going to be answering a listener question this week. I'm pretty excited for that. So if there's something going on in your music career and you want us to talk about it, if you want us to make it content for the show and get some advice on it, email us, breakthebusiness at gmail.com. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't know if I want to email Ryan about this because it might not be something that he's an expert at. No, Ryan, you know, Ryan knows a thing or two about entertainment law, but the thing that's going on in my music career, I don't think Ryan knows the answer to that question. And look, maybe I don't. I don't purport to be the genius on everything, but one thing that I do have is I know a lot of folks. And so if I don't have the answer to your question, I know somebody in the industry who can answer that question for you. And I'll reach out to them and get that answer for you. And it'll be some great content for the show. Or you, if you just want a particular topic you want us to talk about, or you want us to talk about, you know, if you just want us to talk about pop culture, email us, breakthebusiness at gmail.com and reach out to us and tell us what you want us to talk about. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R and like the Break the Business podcast at facebook.com slash break the business. You can also get a copy of my book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook audiobook and paperback. So a lot of different ways that you can enjoy that book. Uh, if you're looking for a way to move your music career forward, get some great advice, and you love reading books about the music industry, give my book a shot. Again, that's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence, and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, available in pretty much every format. And you can get it at Amazon.com or BreakTheBusiness.com. Our seven-note song contest comes to an end this week. We have a winner, folks. We have it. The, we, we have our winner all set to go, and we are going to be announcing it in the third segment of this week's episode. So stick around for that. Thanks to everybody for sending in their songs for this contest. This was awesome. I really, really loved listening to everybody's music. You listeners, you guys are whew, you guys are talented, man. The people who listen to this podcast, you all have chops for days. And it was so awesome to listen to your seven-note song contest entries. And I'm excited to talk all about it in the third segment and to declare our winner. But we got other stuff to talk about this week as well. Our guest this week coming up in the second segment is Keith Pro. This guy's great. He's a musician. He's a music marketing expert. He's a management expert. And he is the founder of a pretty cool platform, Indie Band Guru. This is an informational platform. It helps indie artists move their careers forward. But they have a little twist on what they do because they also do indie music news and they do some pretty great music reviews on there. They have a great staff of music reviewers and they review a lot of indie artist work and get those artists some nice blog publicity. Lots of cool stuff. Cool platform. Check it out by visiting IndieBandGuru.com. When we get Keith on in the next segment, he's going to talk to us about building fan relationships and in particular, building relationships with playlist curators. You know, that's that's interesting to me because... Frankly, we don't talk enough about this group. Uh, they, they, These playlist curators have kind of become the gatekeepers 
in the new music industry. 20 years ago, it was all about getting the attention of radio station music directors. And if we were doing this podcast 20 years ago, well, if we were doing this podcast 20 years ago, it wouldn't exist because there were no such thing as podcasts. But, you know, that being said, if this were 20 years ago, the advice would be how to get the attention of radio station music directors. How do you get your music in front of these people so that they put your stuff on the radio? But Today, it's the Spotify playlist curators. It's the people who create great playlists that other people want to listen to. And it's all about getting their attention now. And so we're going to talk to Keith Pro about how to do that because getting on the right playlist can really help you move your music career forward. But before we bring in Keith, we got a listener question this week. Uh, pretty cool one. I'm excited to talk about this. We've It's something we've talked about before, but since we've talked about it, it's only become more prevalent and more significant, and I've only seen more artists doing this, and so the timing could not be better. The question is from the listener, I've been hearing a lot about Twitch lately. How can Twitch be used as a music platform to help musicians move their careers forward? Great question. Fabulous, fabulous question. For those of you who don't know, Twitch is a live streaming platform, and there are a lot of live streaming platforms out there. Facebook's got one. You got Periscope. You got Stage It. There's a lot of them. But Twitch kind of had a more interesting beginning because it wasn't originally a platform for musicians. And in many ways, it's still not really as much a platform for musicians. It was originally a platform for streaming games. It started out for people could stream video games on Twitch and people could watch other people playing video games on Twitch and then it kind of spread out and people started using it to stream themselves playing tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, Agricola and, you know, kind of cool, fun tabletop games like that. But over time, Twitch has become even more popular. It's spread out to different kinds of art and media. And now a lot of musicians are using Twitch. And in fact, I've been noticing more indie musicians on my own Twitter feed lately that have really been getting into Twitch and using it for their live streaming. And in fact, many of them are just using it as their primary platform for reaching their fans. For some musicians, Twitch isn't just another thing that they use. It's not a sideshow. It's the main event. They are a Twitch musician, and that's how they get themselves out there in the music industry. And you can do that on Twitch because you can use it as a promotional vehicle. That helps you promote your music to the audience that's on Twitch. Or you can use it as your primary way of making money because there are ways to monetize on Twitch. So it's pretty cool. So how can how can you use Twitch to move your music career forward? That's the listener's question. And I will confess that I don't use Twitch personally. I go on Twitch sometimes and I watch other people use Twitch, but I'm not a Twitch creator. And so... I might not be the best person to answer this question for the listener directly, at least not on my own. But thankfully, we've had musicians on this podcast before who do use Twitch a lot for their music career, and so their insight's going to be really valuable for us. Back in November of last year, the podcast had a guest host. It was guest hosted by Elisa Melendez and Evan Lamb, two terrific musicians, two friends of the show, two dear friends of mine who use Twitch a lot. These two are great. I, I've known them for, gosh, it's probably been close to 20 years now. Uh, they're musicians, they're gamers, and they're pop culture savants. They're fun, interesting people. 
and they take their love of music and they take their love of gaming and they've combined them both in interesting ways on their Twitch channel. And you can check them out at twitch.tv slash Elisa Rock Doc. And they talked about how they use Twitch on our podcast when they guest hosted it back in November of last year. And so here's a clip from them in the episode talking about how they use Twitch to broadcast their gaming and broadcast their music. And they also talk about why they like using Twitch over other live streaming platforms, such as the one on Facebook, for example. Well, the, the stuff that we really like about Twitch is they have a bunch of like moderation tools because there is a chat that's happening live, just like on Facebook. The moderation tools are like super effective, yeah, um, which is really important, especially with some of the gaming community. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's a bunch. They've been doing it for so long. They have all these like tools built in and really easy ways for you to collect donations and get tips and and there's this like huge, huge market of things that help your Twitch stream really stand out, I think, better than any f live Facebook stream I've ever seen. Yeah, these aren't necessarily kind of like Twitch kind of specific things. It's a lot of kind of third-party stuff. But they're integrated to Twitch yeah. so well. Yes, it's integrated very, very well. And the cool thing is, is that if you're a DIY musician like we are, absolutely, um, we have a stream every Monday night where we happen to play a video game that involves music. We play a music game called Rocksmith. Um, but as part of that, sometimes we perform our own original music, and the cool thing is, is yeah, we broadcast the game, but you could very easily just use the same exact tools that involve, hey, you have a microphone? Cool. Plug that in. Hey, you have, you know, you can even just use the webcam. Basically, all you really need is a relatively powerful enough laptop or computer a camera and if you have a decent enough laptop you can just use the you can just starting off you can use the webcam that you have and decent internet and the streaming software that we use to broadcast to twitch is totally free so it's a low cost solution to be able to broadcast you playing your original music. Later on in the episode, Elisa and Evan elaborate even more on the features that Twitch has that they really like as musicians. The kind of third-party integrations that you could do, um, there, are, there are bots that you can attach to your channel so that in the little chat room that you have, every five minutes it can post a link to your SoundCloud website so yeah. that people can find your music. Every so often, you know, if, you know, you can have them issue a command uh, so that they can learn more about you and have like a quick bio pop up if they want to know more about you. Um, you can set up donations uh, via PayPal, uh, via tip jar. Um, some people call them donations. Some people call them tips. It's kind of what you feel comfortable with. I tend to call them tips because I feel like donations makes it feel more charity-y. And, like, I'm expected to kind of deliver a particular product where I was like, hey, you know what? You throw me a tip. It's like any tip that I would get at a bar. Mm -hmm. I'm probably never going to see this person again. But there's like, hey, I like what you do. Here's a buck. Nice. You know? And you can set all that stuff up. And it's relatively easy. There's all sorts of YouTube videos that show off how to set this stuff up. Now, some of you might be saying to yourself, I already do a lot of stuff on YouTube. I have a lot of... YouTube music video content or just YouTube video content. So should I be adding live streaming specifically to my video repertoire? Elisa and Evan say yes, and they note 
that live streaming on a platform like Twitch allows you to do some pretty cool things like perform gigs whenever you want. And even more interesting, Twitch allows you to give your fans a window into your creative process. I think there's something to the idea of having that live experience. Of course, keep doing stuff on YouTube. And then the cool thing is about Twitch is that once you're done, you can download your videos and then you can also post that on your YouTube page. And YouTube's really cool because I like the the you know the permanence of it. It's there forever and it's and it's easy and it's free to get to and all yeah. this stuff. But there's something super amazing about seeing something happen live. You yes. Know? I think that's the real value in this. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it's, think about this. You're hustling. You're trying to get gigs, right? It's entirely possible, and we've experienced this all the time. I've experienced it a whole bunch of times where I'll be trying to get gigs, and I don't have any coming up, and I have writer's block, and uh, well, it's kind of running dry. But the cool thing is, is that I could just go on Twitch, and that's a gig. And yeah. you can you can break out any cobwebs. You can test out new material before you take it to the club or something. You can songwrite in real time. In fact, this isn't necessarily music, but um, a a game journalist that I highly respect actually uses the Twitch creative section to write his reviews and you can watch him write a game review and edit it and cobble it together in real time so if anything that's a really cool way to see other people's process even oh wow cool huh why yes elisa that is quite cool it is really fun to watch musicians be creative right in front of our eyes if you are a fan of an artist there perhaps is no greater pleasure for you than being in the delivery room when a piece of art is born, and perhaps even get to play a small part in the creation by proposing ideas to the artist in real time. I can't think of anything more fun for artists that I really care about. One of our favorite guests on this show that we've had is Mary Amber. She's been on the podcast a number of times. She was even the very first guest we've had on this podcast. She's been one of the strongest proponents of our show we adore her around here and mary happens to be a master at this exact phenomenon mary amber has been crushing it on twitch lately she's been using it a lot more in the last couple months and you should really check out her page uh, she's at twitch.tv slash mary amber she's gotten into twitch hard and she's streaming pretty much every day on it and all the content is so awesome and one of the things that mary's been doing uh, she does it like almost once a week now, is she lets you watch her write a song. And as she's writing it, she even solicits lyric suggestions from viewers. You can type into the chat and make lyric suggestions to her in real time. And sometimes your your suggestions actually make it into the song. You actually get to help the creator create. How cool is that? It is a fantastic kind of fan engagement. And it's all the more awesome when you... You know, then throw in all the third-party bells and whistles that Twitch has that Evan and Elisa spoke about earlier. So, if you're not using Twitch in your music career, you really might want to consider it. Especially, especially if you are into video games or any of the kind of nerd pop culture that Twitch, you know, specializes in. Because 
If that's your bag, then that's where your fans are. They're on Twitch. Go find them there. Go create there because your fans are already there. Now, before we leave this subject, let's have Evan and Lisa share a few more tips on how to succeed on the platform as they've been able to do. Don't get discouraged if you don't see a lot of people come to you right away. I think the same rules that apply to all other social media or YouTube presence apply here. Kind of develop a schedule. Consistency. Be consistent. You can you can actually just put your put your schedule there on your profile and say, hey, you know, from six to seven p.m. I'm just gonna be songwriting or playing my own stuff, and here's a link to where you can go grab it if you're into it. It might actually even be cool because you mentioned that there's a sort of like Venn diagram of like everybody's a gamer now, personally. Right. I think so. If you 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 right there, Jane John Q listener, um, have played a game on your phone in the last 24 hours, I personally consider you a gamer. Sure. Everybody has a gaming device in their pocket, right? So I think everybody's a gamer, and I think it's it might even be a really cool idea to use your channel to not only play your music, but if you happen to be a gamer, showcase that part of yourself as well. And it's kind of like a whole kind of complete package that Come you for the do. game, stay for the personality. Right. Right. And I think it's, just good, it's good practice, too, just in general, for, for, for being a personality, which is, for better or worse, a, a huge part of being a musician. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good <laughs> to show that you're a human being. So, listener, I hope Evan and Elise's insight helped you answer your question. A lot of great tips in there. The two of them, they are so awesome. It is a privilege to call them my friends. And if you, you love what you heard from them and you think they're as terrific as I do, you'll be happy to know that they're going to be on the Spruik album that we've talked about, Pieces, A Thousand Albums at the End of America. So you can check them out there. They they contributed music and storytelling to that particular project, and they crushed it. So you're going to love them there. And if you want to check them out on Twitch, they're at twitch.tv slash Doc. That's E-L-I-S-A. R-O-C-K-D-O-C. And while you're checking out musicians on Twitch, it certainly wouldn't hurt for you to watch Mary Amber on the platform doing her thing because she's great at it. She's at twitch.tv slash Mary Amber. That's M-E-R-I-A-M-B-E-R. Well, all right. Lots of great shows still to come. We got Keith Pro coming up in the next segment, and we announce our seven-note song contest winner after that. Fantastic stuff ahead. We are taking a quick break, and we'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. He is a music marketing and management professional and the founder of Indie Band Guru, an online informational platform dedicated to helping independent musicians build their careers. The platform provides digital marketing services, artist bio assistance, and music reviews. You can find out more about Keith's work by visiting IndieBandGuru.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith Pro is on the Break the Business podcast. Keith, thank you so much for joining us this week. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Glad to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. I, I love the the industry guys like you that have held so many different roles in music. You know what the musician side's like. You know what the business side is like, and you can give us a nice, diverse perspective. But you started out as a musician. You then transitioned into music management and marketing, and now you have your own indie artist resource platform, Um and so can you walk us through some of the highlights in your career in music that eventually led to you setting up Indie Band Guru? Uh, sure. I'll try to take it to you briefly, but it's a long, it's a long journey. Um, like you mentioned, I started musician, was in a band, and realized that uh, I wasn't the best musician. But the other side of it is I enjoyed the work of it, of the promotion of it, the getting the gigs, all that stuff. You know, I kind of have a business kind of built into me. And that's kind of what drew me to keep going forward with learning as much as I could and, you know, try to turn that into helping others because that's where my uh, my gift seems to lie. Well, how did the learning take place for you? Uh, was it primarily formal education? Did you learn by doing? Did you learn from experience? Uh, what were some of the best ways that you learned about the business? Well, like I said, a lot of it was just doing it. And, you know, you could read, especially nowadays online, you could read 30 articles on every different subject and you'll get 28 different takes on it. <laughs> but, but by putting them all together, you kind of come up with something that works for you. And that's kind of where a lot of my learning was. Then I did uh, go to the Berklee College of Music for a music business degree. So I kind of got that formal side of it. And that was oof, eight years ago now. So the business has changed a lot. But a lot of those basics are still there, so I definitely don't regret going to Berkeley. Oh, for sure. You know, that that little unknown school. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, when Keith Pro is reading to learn about the industry, um, wh where do you go to get your information, especially because, as you said, there's so much stuff out there and it's hard to find good information. Where does Keith Pro find his good information? That's a good question. Um I do listen to a lot of podcasts. There's this Break the Business one you may have heard of, which is great. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere, sir. But a lot of times, it's just a simple, I'll have a thought in my head of what do I need to know, and I'll do a simple Google search, and there'll be a bunch of articles that'll come up, and you know the same good sites will pop up. Um, DIY Music Network, CD Baby has a lot of great articles, and I'll just you know go through the articles through Google, and like I said piece and piece by piece take what i like and what i think is valid and you know go from there well speaking of websites that have their stuff together and are great platforms can you tell the listeners a little bit about some of the services you provide for indie artists on indie band guru well that's it started off indie band guru as just a music review blog and we were just you know reviewing all the music that came in till the point where music was just coming in too fast where my inbox is full every day. And a lot of these artists I started to speak to and create relationships with, and they were asking, oh, you know, how do I, what's the best way to get a music review? How do I reach out to other people? Um, 
Or I would see things like their bio when they were looking for a review and just say, hey, you know, try to be real with them. Hey, dude, you need a better bio. And it's like, oh, do you know anyone that could do that? And I'm like, oh, I'll take a shot at it. And just from doing them, I've got better and better at it. And then it became, okay, you know, let's let's add that to my services. And I've gotten to be a pretty good writer, too. So <laughs> that helps out both on the music review side and writing bios for people and um, building up now a couple um, databases of contacts to the music blogger world, the Spotify playlist world, which is a new, new direction we're all going in. So it's, you know, I'm hoping to add more and more services to what we do to just get those artists to the ones that are willing to work hard. Don't get me wrong, but it's not easy. Sure. <laughs> but if you're willing to work hard, there's, there's a pathway to it. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I was wondering sort of how your site came to be because I've seen a lot of music review sites for indie artists and I've seen a lot of information resource platforms for indie artists but I don't see too many websites that do both but now I see kind of how it happened you guys had this great review platform and you sort of fell into the information side just because of you you were in contact with all these artists and they needed the help that's awesome You, you talked a little bit about playlist curators there Admittedly, this is something that I'm trying to learn more about, and I know artists are as well. Can you can you elaborate on this a bit? Uh, do you think musicians should be spending time reaching out to playlist curators, and what does that kind of look like? Why is that a valuable thing for musicians to do? Um, just what the way music is moving, uh, mainstream radio is going out the window pretty much. So the new radio is Spotify or even even YouTube playlist. It's just People are discovering music in many different ways than they used to. So on Spotify, with this playlist curation, these simple people like me <laughs> started up a little playlist, and it just kind of started getting submissions and built up and built up. And some of these playlists have thousands of subscribers that listen to them you know, every week, every month as they're updated. So it's definitely a way to get your music out there to an audience that's already built in. You know, as like I said, is with mainstream radio, which is impossible to get on for an independent artist. You know, this is the new way for an indie artist to reach out to a a Spotify playlister and really get their music in front of people that is hard to do nowadays. It's the next the next wave I see. Yeah, it's a built in audience that are hungry to discover new music and they're going to a platform like a Spotify playlist to find it. So if I'm an artist and I want to get onto one of these playlists, I mean, what do I do? How, how do I how do I reach these people that, that are putting these together? It's not as hard as a lot of people think. If you go on and look and look for styles of music you like and you'll find playlists that do it. And a lot of these playlists, you do a simple, I mean, Google is my best friend. I'll, <laughs> I'll search Google for the playlist and that'll, it'll have a Facebook page connected to the pay, playlist. Go right to that Facebook page and there's, there's uh, contact information right there. Or even the, the, a lot of the bigger playlists now will have their own website. And there's one I'll mention right now, it's called fortheloveofbands.com. It's a great guy who I became friendly with and he is more than willing to you know, help expose a lot of the artists that I like to, to his audience, which is building you know, quite quickly because good music finds a way. It always does. <laughs> so when you're making the pitch, I mean, what, what does that kind of look like? Is it kind of the same way you'd make a pitch to a, 
a programming or music director at a radio station? Are there any things you shouldn't try to do in the pitch that you think are going to turn the playlist curators off? If you were an artist, what does your pitch to a curator look like? The best way is it's not a major radio, which is what you have to realize. It's just a guy like me and you sitting at his computer, probably in a little home office maybe. He's just looking to make connections. So before you attack him with, hey, listen to my music, this will be, this should be on your playlist, say, hey, you have a great playlist. I really like what you're doing. I like, choose an artist that you like on the playlist, mention it so he knows you're actually listening to it and not just, you know, what a lot of uh, artists do, which is, you know, cold pitch everybody. Yeah. Create, create this relationship where he knows you're interested in him and be a part of what can I do for you? You know, everyone wants every artist, well, I'm not going to say every, but a good amount of artists out there, <laughs> they just want everything done for them, but they don't want to reciprocate. So you go to this playlister, you tell them, yeah, I'm following your playlist now. I really like this artist that you put on it. I have a song you might, you might enjoy that might fit right in. If you don't mind, take a listen. And then you send them a link. It's really simple as that. Absolutely. Sometimes I think when, when we're so busy trying to move our careers forward, when we're so busy trying to make the deal happen, we often forget that the person on the other side of the transaction is a real human being with human feelings and wants to be treated like a human and not just a vending machine to help, you know, make your career move to the next level. And so you got to talk to them like people, it sounds like. Right. Very, very true. And it's, if I had a choice of spamming, you know, 500 music curators or actually making connection with 10 or 20 I'm going to choose choice B because those are the guys that are going to help me and create a relationship with, and it won't even hopefully just be a one hit. Maybe six months later, I have a new song and he's dying to hear it because we've made that connection. Oh, that is sage advice. And I, I kind of want to shift gears how now from talking about cultivating relationships with playlist curators to just cultivating relationships with fans generally, because this is something you've written about in the past, what would you say is one thing that indie artists should be doing to cultivate fan relationships and create that strong dry, tribe that not enough indie artists are doing? It's, you know, it goes back to what a lot of us have just seen in the past is very different what it is today. I mean, you look at a band, I'm going to just say you too, you know, a huge band, they're just there. They're not, you're not going to talk to them. You're not going to make a relationship with them anymore. But the indie artist can actually is expected to be sociable with their fans, whether it's through the social media. I mean, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all of them. It's an easy way to contact them. And you could create like I, I keep going back to it, create a relationship. It's not just a, a fan anymore that's just going to buy your CDs. you got to create that that fan friend where it's that person is going to be a huge supporter if they think they have a real connection to you and you should have a real connection to them by whether it's, you know, putting out your real life, which, you know, in the old days, nobody did. It was just the music, put out your real life. Um, you know, you just got a puppy and your name, you're looking for a name for the puppy, stupid things like that. The <laughs> artists, the fans will jump on and it gets, you know, that word I hate to use, but it goes viral. And all of a sudden there's, you know, 500 people trying to name your puppy. And now these 500 people feel like they're part of your life. And when you have another song for them to hear, maybe it's a song about the puppy, you know, that's, you create that connection where they feel like they helped write that song. 
They want to be part of your whole career, not just the music, but part of developing the career, especially for an independent artist. Puppies really are the best marketing vehicle for, you know, any on social media. My dog gets so many more retweets than I do. I'll I'll write some insightful article about the music industry that I put a lot of work into and I research the crap out of and two retweets. I show my dog, you know, eating a sock and I break the internet. <laughs> I mean, I've it, been there as well. Been there as well. And ch- <laughs> children too. You know, I have oh, I have yeah. two two little girls now. And I put a video of my little girl singing. That one does much better than me trying to teach the internet what to do to, you know, build their music business. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so, well, so there you go. Uh, that's the secret to music industry success. Just have a bunch of kids. That won't have any other uh, negative impacts for you. <laughs> puppies and little girls. That's all you need. That's puppies and little girls. That's that's the the secret of the whole industry. Um, I really like the stuff that you're doing with Indie Band Guru, and I'm particularly excited about some of the initiatives you have planned going forward. You previously shared with me that you're actually in the midst of about about to launch a crowdfunding campaign because you want to create a, a teaching platform. You want to create more content like this for indie artists. Can you tell us a bit about what you have planned and how the listeners can support it? Surely. It's, you know, like as we've talked about already, Indie Band Guru has become a lot more than just a music blog. And I enjoy helping the artists and being part of their journey. So I'm uh, spinning off a little sister website. And right now it's called Knowledge to, be no- Knowledge to Get Known. But that's uh, still in the midst of decisions. But it's going to be purely for those dedicated artists that are, want to learn and want to do it for themselves. You know, I've, I have a big, big thing you hear every now, all the time is the DIY artist. I don't think it's DIY anymore. It's more of DIT, of do it together. I like because that. It, there's plenty of people out there that will help you if you let them be part of the team. So I'm trying to build that new platform, which will, which will be you know, a lot of resource articles. I'll probably ask you to write an article for me once in a while. And, uh, <laughs> awesome. You know, I want to also launch another, another great podcast. I know a few people could teach me about that as well. But um, we're going to do the ideas for a YouTube channel of just, you know, teaching videos and just getting to be part of the scene more and, you know, showing, telling what I've seen that works, what I've seen that doesn't work. You know, it's when you see someone else do it, it kind of helps you on your way, too, because if someone like me can do it, anyone can do it. So when are we kicking this off? When are people going to be able to start uh, helping out this crowdfunding campaign? Well, the campaign is just getting, you know, all the tools together now, but we're going to hold off until the second week of January. We're going to go live with the crowdfunding campaign and the new website should be, should be up and running in February. Oh, wow. So, That's right around the corner. That's exciting. Oh, yeah, it's, it's moving quick, but you know, <laughs> it's good to, good to hear. Uh, let me, if you don't mind me sharing, I actually am trying to uh, get people excited about it now. Um, I have a landing page for people that want to keep in the know. I just did um, a www.subscribepage.com backslash knowledge to get known. So anyone that goes there could kind of be part of the process early and um, hopefully help me shape it as well. So that's subscribepage.com slash knowledge to get known. Exactly. It's a little long, but I think the (laughs) words kind of slip off your tongue. So knowledge to get known. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I I love it. I love it. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be sure to plug that because I want as many listeners on this podcast as possible to get on the ground floor because 
the industry and indie artists in general can only benefit from you expanding the cool stuff that you're already doing at Indie Band Guru. And, you know, you've, you've shared some fantastic advice with us. And this has been especially the stuff about playlist curators, which is something that uh, I must admit I've spent a criminally low amount of time talking about on this podcast. So I'm glad we brought you in to discuss that. Um, but I want to speak with you about something else now. You've spoken a lot in the past about the importance of musicians creating a roadmap for your careers. And this is something we have talked about on the podcast before and in the Break the Business book. Uh, in the book specifically, uh, we talk a lot about the importance of identifying your strengths and using them to set long-term and short-term goals for your career. Um, what does your road mapping technique look like? Uh, if a musician came to you for advice, for example, on how to plan out their career trajectory, uh, what are some of the things that you'd tell them? Well, it's, it's honestly, it's going to be different for every artist, of course. But the first thing is to just, well, first things first is define your goal. Define where you want to be and be realistic about it. Say, you know, not, not everyone's going to be a huge rock star in the next two years. That's, you know, be realistic. And once you have a goal, you could work backwards to see what you have to do to, appro to approach that goal. You know, right from the start is, you know, first thing first is create connections, build fans. You know, get, build all your social media platforms. There's a, a lot of things to get done, but what the best thing to do is just list them all down and check them off one by one. You know, and you'll get there. It's just a matter of a lot of artists, because of the information that's out there now, they get stuck. And there's just too much in their head. They don't know which way to go. Just make a list and knock them off one by one. That's my best advice. Setting the big goal is so important. I think it's something where a lot of artists get tripped up is, you know, they just kind of, they, it's easy to sort of just focus on what's five feet in front of your face, especially when your music career gets crazy. You know, when you're, when you're dealing with setting up gigs and getting your social media together and you got to put some content out this week and it's just so much stuff, you often forget to take a step back and look at where your career is going and if it's heading in the direction you want it to. And that's why Keith's advice about setting the long-term goal is so important because when you have that long-term goal of what you want, you can always take a step back at any time and say, okay, are the things that I'm doing right now, am I just spinning my wheels or is this actually working towards the thing I want to work it towards? Uh, so when you're setting the long-term long -term goal, Keith, uh, how far in the future should musicians look? I mean, how long-term is a long-term goal in your view? I like setting multiple goals, actually. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, have, <laughs> you have that you know, one-year goal first of what you're going to do right now, but then I like to have a, a five- and a ten-year goal as well. For ten years down the road, I want to know that this is what I want. This isn't just a passing fad that if it, if it works out, it doesn't work out, whatever. You know, have that long-term ten-year goal of this is what I want to do. I want to be making career just making music. And, you know, there's plenty of ways to have a career in music, whether it's, you know, you could just be a, a coffee bar play, player, you know, you and a guitar. And that, if you're in the right places and making the right connections, you can make a, a very good living at that. And there's other people that want to be, you know, touring the world, playing in Antarctica. It's those things are all out there, but you have to take it one step at a time. Oh, yeah. And that's such a good point, because setting tangible goals is probably more important now than it was 20 years ago because 20 years ago, like the music industry was designed in such a way that everybody's 10 year goal is the same, you know, like multi-platinum recording artists selling out concerts. But in, 
in today's music industry, there's so many different ways that you can define and achieve success. You can, you can be the, you can be the selling out live shows, or you could be really good at getting sync placements, or you could be really good with merchandise or just embracing multiple media forms. Like maybe you're a YouTube star that does acting and you also make music and it all kinds of blends together. And that's a blessing because it means that success can come in so many different ways. But as Keith noted, it means it's all the more important to set your goal because you need to know what you want and kind of look through all the different definitions of success and find the one that works the best for you. Yeah. And, and your goal, your goals can change. I don't mean to interrupt you, but go goals it, can yeah. change. Don't get me wrong. You could have that 10 year goal. And if things are going in a different, like you mentioned, you start putting things out there and all of a sudden YouTube is blowing up for you. You didn't intend on being a YouTube star, but if that's the direction that you're being pulled, Maybe that's a new goal. Put that goal out there, put some time into it and see where that takes you. You know, be, be adaptable because this, like you said, the business is always changing. So keep your eyes open and let the fans lead you to the proper goal. Uh, so goals aren't going to be fixed here. They're not going to be set in stone. You have to, you have to be willing to change things up. Uh, how often do you think musicians should be revisiting their plan, revisiting their goal and determining whether things have to be adjusted? I'm a big proponent of, you know, we're coming up on it now. Every every January, I like to sit down with myself and say, okay, you know, we still have, let's look at our long-term goal. And again, now let's look at my one-year goal and see how the two can either, if they're going in the same direction, are they going in separate directions? You know, what has to be changed to make them meet somewhere? So every year, every January, I like to sit down and revisit all my goals and they need to be rewritten a little. That's okay. Oh, I love make. I love that. I love that you're making it so systematic like that. I mean, and I'm sure a lot of listeners out there are saying, well, that sounds a lot like what businesses do. You know, every year they, they get together and they look at their mission statement and their, you know, vision and, and seeing if anything needs to be changed. Well, guess what artists you're a business, you know, this is, you know, you, you got, you want to run yourself like, you know, any other innovative organization does and, you know, keep the focus on your goals. I, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Like, you know, make, make, set aside distinct time for it the same time of year, every year, and give yourself some time to take a step back and look at your 30,000 foot goal. Like, you know, ignore the social media posts for a minute, ignore all the <laughs> short term stuff and make sure that you're going in the right direction that you want to be going and that the goals you're achieving are, are the ones that you want and that what you're doing achieves those goals. That's, that's fabulous. I, I mean that I, I, if we can get artists to do that, uh, we're going to be in such good shape. I'm, I'm glad we're kind of of the same mind when it comes to goal setting. I, I, I noted in this, this in the book, but often when I have artists come to me seeking legal advice, before I'll even give them advice, I'll ask them if they have a plan, if they have a career plan. And if they don't, I don't give them any advice until they sit down and we actually kind of map out their career plan a bit. Because as far as I'm concerned as a lawyer, the advice I'm giving you is useless unless I know it's actively serving a real goal that you've given some thought to. So it, it's nice to, you know, to, to hear somebody of similar mind there. That's awesome. Well, like you said, it's it's the music business. Don't forget that business part when you think you're just a musician. It's the music business. So take it serious and put in the business side of it that you need to. Yeah. Because we're all gonna we're all gonna get stuck. And you know, learning every as much as you can is great, but you have to have that action and you know, have that direction and make that action to get to that direction. There's really no substitute for goal setting. And hey, 
we're getting toward the new year pretty soon. I, you know, the timing is perfect musicians. You know, you, you got that January coming up when, when Keith pros doing his career goals, you all can do yours too. And we'll all kick uh, 2018's butt together. Uh, Keith, this has been awesome. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna tell the folks again about uh, visiting indiebandguru.com and uh, check out the subscribe page for Keith's new crowdfunding campaign. That's going to sort of expand and, you know, be indie band guru on steroids. That's subscribepage.com slash knowledge to get known. Keith, before we let you go, uh, do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? It's a good question, Ryan. Um, first, it's just slow down. I mean, we've talked about it a lot already. I feel like I don't want to repeat myself, but slow down and create one relationship at a time. Get out there, meet one person meet another person and see what you could do for them. It's not all about your career and your, you know, your big rock star lifestyle. See what you could do for them and make that relationship and friendship. And those people will do a lot for you. They'll fight for you. They'll claw and nail for you and they'll help promote you. So make those relationships one at a time. That's my, my best advice. That is fabulous advice. And it gets back to what we talked about with the playlist curators and actually treating them like human beings and not just, as somebody that can, you know, be a vessel for your career progress. That's fantastic. Keith Bro, everybody, you check him out at IndieBandGuru.com. Oh, uh, do you have any other social media where people can find you if they want to keep the conversation going? Oh, we're everywhere. In, at IndieBandGuru Indie Band Guru on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, of course. You know, at IndieBandGuru. I got all those names. Luckily, I got them early. Nicely done. <laughs> Well done. All right, Keith Bro, everybody. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Keith Pro of Indie Band Guru for joining us in the previous segment. Be sure to check out Indie Band Guru at IndieBandGuru.com, all one word, and find out more about Keith's new startup, Knowledge to Get Known, by visiting www.subscribepage.com slash knowledge to get known. Also, all one word. Okay, folks, now for the moment you've all been waiting for. We are going to announce the winner of the Break the Business 7-Note Song Contest. For the last couple months, we have been in the midst of this contest. It has been the first ever contest done by our podcast. It is our 7-Note Song Contest. We got some fabulous entries from you guys. And now we are about to announce the winner. Let me just give everybody some background. If we have anybody who's new to the podcast... And uh, we got to catch them up as to what this contest is all about. Let me just say a quick piece about it. And I already know there's people listening right now being like, shut the hell up. Tell us who won this thing. But wait, let's get everybody up to speed, man. Come on. You guys have waited weeks to know who won this contest. You can wait a few more minutes. So here's what's going on. This all got inspired because an awesome musician by the name of Serge Tonkin of an awesome band called System of a Doubt. We all know him. We all love the band. He created a song contest called the Seven Note Challenge. And it was a song contest with only two rules. One was your song had to be no more than three minutes long. 
And two, it had to begin with a specific sequence of seven notes, and the grand prize of his contest would win $5,000. And let me have Serge here. We have a video of him talking about the contest, and he'll tell you what those seven starting notes are. A lot of people ask me where music comes from, where do songs come from. I always firmly believe that they come from collective consciousness, um, that they don't necessarily reside within an artist. Every song begins with uh, an idea, a concept, or a sound. The challenge is simple. You've got these seven notes that you have to start with, so your first seven notes of your composition have to be these seven notes. You can make a jazz song, a rock song, symphony, whatever type of music that you want. It can't be longer than three minutes. The rest is up to you. I'm Serge Tankian, and this is my challenge. I'll give you seven notes, you give me your best. And here are the seven notes. So those are the only two rules for his contest. It has to start with those seven notes, and it has to be less than three minutes. Other than that, you can do the song in any genre, any key, any tempo, any instruments, whatever you want to do. And the grand prize winner, and by the way, you, you can still participate in this contest. Uh, the deadline for it is December 15th. So you can go to SirsTonkinChallenge.com and you can compete in this contest to win the $5,000 prize. But I want somebody from our listening community, from our podcast community, I want one of you guys to win this contest. And so to inspire you all to create something for the Sirs Tonkin 7-Note Challenge, we created our own mini version of that contest with just our own podcast community of listeners. And so, same rules. You have to submit a song. has to be no less than three minutes. has to start with the seven notes from the Sirs Tonkin Challenge. The boo boo doo boo doo boo doo I'm pretty sure I did that wrong because I'm not a great singer. But... Um, in our contest, though, our prizes were a little different. We obviously didn't have $5,000 to give you, but we put together a pretty fantastic prize pack of, with stuff that was donated by various friends of our podcast, former guests of the show. And I'm going to run through what some of those prizes are. So the winner that we're about to announce, and by the way, the deadline for our contest was December 8th. So it's too late to sign up now. Where have you been the last month when we, two months when we've been talking about this contest? Um, but the winner we're, who we're about to announce in just a moment is going to receive the following prizes from our former guests on this show. From Ari Hurston, fantastic indie artist, one of the top indie artists out there, both in terms of ability and the advice they give, because he has this blog called Ari's Take, where he gives great advice. He's going to give a copy of his book to the winner, How to Make It in the New Music Business, from Mary Amber, who we talked about in the first segment she's a great musician she's kicking butt on twitch right now she's going to donate a music and merchandise pack from ariel hyatt uh pr agent extraordinaire true friend of the indie artist she's donating her book on crowdfunding called crowdstart you can find out more about that by visiting checking out episode 59 of our podcast where she was a guest ariel is awesome check out crowdstart great book and that book's going to go to the winner uh, Suzanne Polinski, the rock star advocate, she's giving out as part of the prize pack a copy of her rock star life planner book and six of her ebooks from DJ Sprug. You're going to get the $25 reward from his new Kickstarter project pieces that just got funded as well as an album from his last Kickstarter album project music to die alone in space to Verity White, a great rock indie artist. She's donating a copy of her album breaking out to the prize pack. 
Um, I'm going to donate a signed copy of the Break the Business book, as well as a free hour of one-on-one consulting services. Uh, Music Business Toolbox is giving out their ebook, uh, thanks to our podcast guest Brian Calhoun with for that. And from the band 117, uh, they're giving out their new album, Rad Science in Vinyl. So I hope our winner has a record player. So all that is part of the Break the Business Prize Pack for whoever in our mini song contest seven notes challenge is the winner. Um, they're going to get all that stuff that I just mentioned, and we're going to play that winner's song right here on the podcast so you can all hear the winner. But before we do all that, I want to play another seven note song entry. So Zach Sloan, who is an awesome musician from Colorado, he's a fellow podcaster, webcaster guy, one of my favorite people out in the music world. He's so talented. He's so funny. Um, and he's a lawyer, which is cool, you know, special place in my heart, of course. He sent me his Serge Tonkin seven note challenge entry and I loved it. And I wanted to share that song with all you. So I asked Zach, Hey, can we play your song on the show? And he obliged. So he's got this song. It's titled go get your fish, which is an awesome title for this song. Because if you've read the break, the business book, you know, that's a reference to my book. So Zach's trying to tickle me a little bit by making a little uh, break the business book reference. So I love you for that, Zach. But I'm going to play his song right now to kind of just entertain us. And you can get an idea of how the seven note challenge is going to work. You're going to hear the song. It's going to start with those seven notes that Serge talked about in his video. Here is Go Get Your Fish on the Break the Business podcast.
Thank you, Zach Sloan. That was Go Get Your Fish. I love it. Man, he's awesome. And so is that song. It is an absolute jam. And that guitar solo at the end was sick. So thank you, Zach, for letting us play that. Be sure to check him out on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-K underscore Sloan. That's Zach underscore Sloan, because there's a lot more great music where that came from. And while you're at it, while you're checking out all things great Zach Sloan, be sure to check out his web series as well, Break Free with Ann Luna and Zach Sloan. They're on YouTube. Ann and Zach, both awesome musicians. They're good friends. They're awesome together on this show. I was on the show back in November, and it was super fun just hanging out with them, talking music, talking about the industry. It, it was They're funny. It was fantastic. I had a great time. Great song, Zach. Great stuff as always. All right. I have I've teased you all long enough. I know you're all waiting, 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 so let's do this. Without further ado, our winner of the Break the Business 7-Note Song Contest and the winner of over $500 in prizes, they get all the prizes that we talked about, our winner is Kate McLaughlin, everybody. Woo! All right, Kate, congratulations you are the winner. Everybody, Kate is a terrific Montana-based indie artist. You can find her on Twitter at McLaughlin underscore Kate. I love this song. The song is titled Seven Notes, and we're going to play it right now on the Break the Business podcast. Here it is. Congratulations, Kate.
There it is, everybody. Kate McLaughlin is our winner. She absolutely crushed it with that song, Seven Notes. Congratulations. That was awesome. And folks, if you want to listen to Kate's song again, you can visit bit.ly slash K-A-T-E-M-C-L. That's bit.ly slash Kate MCL. And you should listen to it again and again because she did a fantastic job on it. Kate, you're going to win all the prizes. They're all going to get mailed to you. We're going to reach out to you, get your mailing address uh, so we can get everything that you've won to you as quickly as possible because you deserve it. Job well done. And Kate, absolutely be sure to submit your song to the actual Serge Tonkin Challenge because you might be able to win five grand with that. Thanks to everybody who took part in the contest and also thanks to those of you who helped promote it on Twitter. I saw a lot of you folks retweeting our announcements about the contest, helping get the word out. And from the my bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. If you didn't win our contest, please don't get discouraged. There were multiple great entries and any one of them could have won our contest and any one of them could have, could still win the $5,000 grand prize from the Serge Tonkin challenge. So don't give up still. If you, if you signed up for our contest, be sure to submit your song to SergeTonkinChallenge.com by December 15th. So you can win the five grand. If you didn't submit to our contest, maybe you didn't get your song done in time or you, you for whatever reason, you got cold feet or whatever it is. Don't give up on the big prize. Don't give up. You still have time. You still have almost a week to put that song together. Sign up for the Sirs Tonkin Challenge. Win five grand. Help move your career forward. Gosh, this was so much fun. I want to do more contests like these, listeners. I, I think that this contest really engaged you guys. You got excited about it. You The competition brought out the best in your abilities. I want to do more stuff like this. Is this something you guys would like, listeners, if we had... Maybe on a smaller scale, maybe not song contests all the time, because I know it's hard to write more songs, but, you know, maybe if we had like a contest for the best bio or, you know, best tweet or just some, some little things that matter to help move your music career forward. And we can give out little prizes to kind of keep you guys motivated and interested. And then when you win, you can, we can bring you up on the podcast and get you some exposure and publicity. Let me know if that's something you might like. Send me an email, breakthebusiness at gmail.com, or shoot me a tweet at Ryan K-A-I-R on Twitter. Our thanks to Keith Bro of Indie Band Guru for joining us this week. Our thanks to Zach Sloan for letting us play his song this week. Be sure to throw him a follow at Zach underscore Sloan. And be sure to check out his YouTube series, Break Free with Ann Luda and Zach Sloan. And our congratulations, of course... To Kate McLaughlin, our Break the Business Seven Notes Song Contest winner. Kudos to you, Kate, and kudos to all of you as well. Thank you all for listening to the Break the Business Podcast. We will see you next week.